Carolyn Ellison, CEO of Almeda Research, was uh, recently spotted in New York. What color cuffs did she get to wear? We'll find out. Neuralink embeds a chip in a monkey's brain, and that is B-A-N-A-N-A-S. GPT-3, is it the new Google or just a bunch of if statements? Foss Host is shutting down. The CEO appears to be MIA. Rackspace outage, how bad is it? It's Wednesday, December 7th. That and much more today on the Midweek Tech Roundup on The Brew House. Mr. Vice President, Mr. Speaker, members of the Senate and of the House of Representatives, yesterday... December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation and at the solicitation of Japan was still in conversation with its government and its emperor looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. The attack yesterday on the Hawaiian Islands has caused severe damage to American naval and military forces. I regret to tell you that very many American lives have been lost. In addition, American ships have been reported torpedoed on the high seas between San Francisco and Honolulu. As Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy, I have directed that all measures be taken for our defense, but always Will our whole nation remember the character of the onslaught against us? No matter how long it may take us to overcome this premeditated invasion, the American people in their righteous might will win through to absolute victory. Today is December 7th. While the speech that you just heard from uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt happened on December 8th, it's reflected from the actions that happened on December 7th. I try to, uh, as much as I can on this show, when I, when I fall on a day that has some type of historical meaning, like big historical meaning, to try to mention something about it. And that's what I did today. Today is December 7th, and um, we recognize what happened at Pearl Harbor, and we remember those that gave their lives on that day that we were suddenly and viciously attacked by surprise. What I found interesting that I never knew before is that... Uh, there were torpedo attacks between San Francisco and Hawaii. So they got actually really close to the mainland in the United States. 
what a I never knew that before for today. I, I you know, I, I obviously I, I cut some of the speech and put it in, in the front and I've never really listened to the whole speech. You know, we're all we all know December 7th, 1941, a day which will live in infamy. We all know that part of the speech, but I never listened to the rest of it where he talks about the torpedo attacks on naval vessels between Hawaii and San Francisco. It just goes to show you how close Japan got to mainland United States. Anyways, on with the show. Carolyn Ellison, the CEO of Almeida Research, uh, was recently spotted at a coffee shop in uh, California getting her, uh, I guess, her morning dose of, uh, of caffeine. Now, what's interesting about this is the San Bankman-Fried has yet to uh, set foot on U.S. soil since the emboldened and uh, taken down FTX exchange and Almeida Research. But basically, they just ran out of your money. And what I find interesting about uh, Carolyn Ellison just appearing in New York it leads me to believe one of two things. One, she has decided to cooperate with authorities and roll over on ex-boyfriend Sam Bankman-Fried. Or two, she's paid off the right people and is not going to get arrested. I don't know which is which, and I don't know what to speculate here. Uh, the fact that she isn't wearing cuffs sort of leads me to believe that uh, she's probably cooperating with the authorities to bring down Sam Bankman-Fried. However, I did listen to some uh, Twitter, I guess, I, I don't really know what they're called, like uh, like Twitter conversations, basically, the other day with Sam Bankman-Fried and the uh, awesome CoffeeZilla. Now, I don't know much about uh, cryptocurrency personalities like uh, CoffeeZilla and such. I, I do know that um, guys like CoffeeZilla are very popular in the space, and they're very popular in the space for being able to sniff out scams and such. But it was fun to watch uh, or to listen to Sam Bankman-Fried skip over his words, and you realize how much of a crook this guy is. He took your money and just spent it. Uh, and, I, and, and I and and you know. I at first took, kind of went off on the idea that, hey, this isn't that big a deal. It doesn't really affect me. It was an exchange that, you know, I, I didn't touch. Well, I was working on my ledger the other day, and I wanted to do some crypto swapping um, for some APR coins. Anyways, uh, I go to do the swap, and I see that FTX is listed on ledger as a potential way to swap crypto. It, of course, is down and not working. But I, I thought to myself on Sunday, like, this literally touches everywhere in the crypto space. If you think that you're not affected by it, you absolutely are. It, it, even if it's just the price of crypto. Now, I will admit that after FTX, uh, it was announced that FTX was just a big Ponzi scheme scam and Alameda Research, both, that uh, that the price didn't take as much as a hit as I thought. Now I still think we're headed down to ten thousand again before we jump back to probably seventy. It seems to be that's that's kind of the pattern. I do think that we're gonna go lower, but I but I don't know how low. But I do think that it's gonna be part of the bounce. Basically, it's the rocket fuel for the bounce. I think the people would say. Now I think it's also interesting too that in May twenty twenty two, Alameda Research lost one point three billion dollars. How could such a profitable, amazing company lose so much money and still be able to pay investor funds? Because it's a Ponzi scheme. That's why. So uh, I saw this the other day on uh, on Twitter. It was uh, that Neuralink embedded a chip into a monkey's brain. Uh, I thought that was cool. I also recently learned that 
some people don't have inner monologues. That is the voice inside your head that uh, kind of narrates your life. Like you're thinking, oh, I'm going to cross the street. And then in your in your mind, you're thinking, I'm going to cross the street. And then you think, oh, it says do not walk. So don't walk. I mean, that's the, you're not saying it out loud, but your brain is kind of talking. Some people don't have that. And it got me wondering, do animals have an inner dialogue? When a monkey is going to type uh, with its brain on a screen, is it, does it know how to spell bananas? Sure. They've trained monkeys to sign language for bananas. It's always, almost always revolved around food or affection. This is what animals crave. So it's easy to train animals to do something based on what they're good to eat. Think about training dogs. You train dogs based on, on food. You, you say sit, you feed it a snack. It knows when it sits, it gets a snack. It doesn't, it doesn't probably have an inner monologue that basically tells it when I, I should sit because I'll get a snack. No, it just correlates that directly to food. I don't really know how to think, but I do think that if Neuralink is doing what it, what it says it can do, I I think it's cool, but I'm a little skeptical on how it all works and implanting it in a monkey's brain. Now, granted, I do think that probably implanting it in a monkey's brain is probably better than putting it in a human's brain first, you know, to test it out. And if what the monkey was doing, it was blowing in a straw to, to type, it was typing with, with its mind. I mean, it was cool. It was neat. I guess the, the, the judge is still out there. The jury's still out. I don't know exactly what's going on with Neuralink. I do know, however, that Elon Musk's Neuralink is under investigation by the USDA for treatment of animals. Now, a lot of people are pointing out that maybe potentially this is... Uh, in retaliation for Elon buying Twitter and exposing whatever he exposed. I do think I checked the timeline on this and it does appear that it, that they, that basically, um, sorry, I'm fixing my gain here. Oh, that's the wrong way. That Elon, this, this all started before Elon bought Twitter. So I, I really don't think that, uh, this has anything to do with any of that. So anyways, more to come on that later. GPT-3 or OpenAI. In a couple of weeks, I've got an episode coming out where I actually discover OpenAI while recording a podcast. And at first, I was very amazed by this platform and amazed by what it can do, the power of it. But then I started reading more and thinking more and I, and I and I all of a sudden I'm I, I kind of thought to myself, OpenGT three is stealing. This this thing that they trained is stealing from people. It's stealing content from websites to give you output that you want right there. Is it a cool experiment? Yes. Should they be able to charge for it? Eh. I'm not I'm not exactly too sure about that. I think it's maybe wrong to make money off of somebody else's works. And honestly. Maybe a little half-assed work. I mean, I, I threw some coding stuff at it. It did write some software, but it wasn't great. It wasn't optimized. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was at first really excited and really interested in GPT-3. I, I am no longer over the moon about it. I think that it's a, one of those fads that will come and go. It is not going to replace Google. Ignore what I say on the episode coming in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Uh, Foss host is shutting down. 
So you may never have actually heard of FossHost, but if you use open source software, you'll have definitely used FossHost. Uh, companies like Gnome, Debian, Armbian uh, use FossHost for hosting their um, websites, their software repositories, things like that, and they're shutting down. And the reason they're shutting down isn't so much that they're out of money, although they might be, it's hard to say, it's that their CEO when MIA, no one can reach the CEO and the CEO is the only ones with the keys to the castle per se to pay the bills for the hosting fees. So they're kind of on their way out. On the bright side though, uh, some of the former volunteers for FOSS hosts have launched uh, an alternative project called the Radix Project and it's still free of charge and the founders are kind of changing the way that FOSS hosts was designed so that way this can't happen again. So there's not one person, so to say, with the keys to the castle. All right, the rack space outage. I, I talked a little bit about this on Monday. I'm just going to touch on it again today. I uh, I logged back into the rack space status website this morning, and still the only status update is from yesterday at 10.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They're basically taking all of the rack space online exchange hosted people and making them go to office 365. They're offering free licenses to office 365. This is probably a natural progression of things. Uh, Microsoft's probably better at hosting their own stuff than anyone else's. Granted, Microsoft pro can probably run their exchange server on Linux and they probably do. But, uh, I think, you know, kind of what I've read into about this whole Rackspace debacle and not having email since last week, Thursday is they were probably, uh, attacked and probably by some ransomware game gang that actually had a foothold into their, into their network. And, uh, I, I they had a foothold into their network. And that what I think they did probably is they probably did a, a smaller encryption first before they attacked the hosted exchange. So a lot of times in these ransomware attacks, what they'll do is, is they'll send an email to the guy in charge, say, Hey, I'm going to show you that I have access into your network and I'm going to do something small. And when I do that, you're going to know that I actually have access into your network. And then you're going to take me seriously and you're going to pay the ransom or I'm going to do more harm. A few things started popping up on Twitter that maybe like Tuesday, Wednesday last week, um, Rexbase hosted customers that have nothing to do with email had their email encrypted or had their, had their storage encrypted rather. And then on thir Thursday, Friday last week, the encryption of the exchange server happened. And the theory on the street is, and I can't corroborate this at all, is that they, uh, that Rackspace probably had the exchange vulnerability that Microsoft patched a few months ago. They hadn't patched it yet, so they were targeted um, via a shell attack. So it's easy in any industry to participate in shut-in fraud, which I love other languages. People who listen to my show know that. Other languages seem to have a word for anything, and schadenfreude is German for taking joy in other one's misery. I'm not going to participate in schadenfreude when it comes to Rackspace. Stuff like this could happen to anyone, and I take that very seriously, and um, I feel for the Rackspace admins that had to give away their time this weekend. 
um, and not be able to spend it with their families to try to get their customers back online. And with that, I'll leave it there. Have a great Wednesday. <laughs>